Today, we are going to be talking about embracing your God-given worth, and we are going to be using the Samaria woman as our anchor text for today. So your anchor text for today is going to be John chapter 4, verses 1 to one through 39. And I told you, I'm going to be talking a lot about worth because spiritually, um, when I was just having a lot of mental attacks in January, <laughs> the main thing that I kept feeling is unworthy. And so I want to continue to press upon you, remind you, remind myself that we are worthy, um, just like the Samaria woman was worthy. And so the Samaria woman, um, obviously she's in Samaria. And uh, basically, Jesus is, has left where he was, which he was in Judah, and they have now left Judah and they're going to Galilee because most of the Pharisees lived in Judah and he felt like the Pharisees were starting to like get kind of after him and start to see like I don't know they were just kind of suspicious of him y'all know if you know about the Pharisees you know how they were right they're super super religious not spiritual not focused on the relationship focused on religious practices so they didn't recognize that like Jesus was the law <laughs> he is the living law um so you know he don't have to follow the religious practices because he came to set us free from the religious practices so that we could have a relationship with Christ but y'all know that's not even what today's episode is about so let me not go too far down that rabbit hole but quite literally so they they were frustrated and not happy with Jesus. They were starting to see that his discipleship was growing and that, you know, more and more people were starting to follow him. And so Jesus feeling that tension went ahead and left and he was going in on his way to Galilee. While he was on his way to Galilee, he stopped in Samaria. Well, what the voice translation of um, John chapter four tells us is that basically Samaria for a thousand plus years. So a thousand years earlier after Solomon's death, it says in the voice um, translation that basically they had become a place that was filled with false idols that they had gotten accustomed to um, like foreign customs and that they had even built up their own um, temple. Basically this temple was a rivalry to everything that was in Judea, which we all know Judea was supposed to be or is the place where our one true living God was. Um, and so Samaria had lost their way. So basically the people of Judah was like, look, we ain't trying to deal with them folks in Samaria because they a mess. They done lost their way. You know, the stuff they believe in, that's not the stuff we believe in. And they just doing too much. So we don't even want to be bothered with them. We're not traveling through there. We don't talk to them. <laughs> We're not talking to them. We're not going to be bothered with them. None of that. Carrying outside of um, their group. You know, so they basically were starting to commingle with a lot of other foreign lands. And the Judah people was like, no, nah, they, they have breeds is what it says in the translation. Mongrels is what it also says in the voice translation. So the Jews were basically, they were keeping their distance from the Samarian people because they felt like being in Samaria, being near the Samarian people was going to lead them to be tempted to do things that were not of God. And so they did not believe in intermingling, having relationships, or even really going through Samaria. If they could avoid it, they clearly did. And they did not want to have a relationship with Samarian people. So for Jesus to go through Samaria and also talk to a Samarian woman, that was a big deal. That was not <laughs> at all in line with their culture. Jesus talking to the Samarian woman was a big deal. And I feel like, and you know, I ain't gonna throw no um, 
assumptions out there about your story. But I can definitely say that I feel a lot like the Sumerian woman. Um, you know, she she's a woman who's been married multiple times, like Jesus said. You have five <laughs> husbands and you're not with any of them right now. You're with another man. That's not even your husband. Right? So she's she has a past. She has a history, you know. And I imagine as a woman who has been married multiple times in divorce that, you know, that has to play a part and affect your um the way you feel about yourself, your confidence. Um, and she probably has some level of insecurity. She's clearly been taunted and made to feel less than by the other women because she is at the well when it's hot and that's not a norm for women. Um, they would typically go earlier to avoid that heat, but she's like, no, I'd rather be hot than to deal with these ladies. You know, I don't want to see them if I don't have to. So clearly, um, she's not really accepted anywhere when you think about it you know she's she's not accepted by other women she clearly hasn't really been accepted by her husband otherwise you know she's still be with him um <laughs> so you know she she is struggling all the way around with just probably feelings of acceptance feelings of confidence um and that has to take a toll on you you know after a while and when my mother mother-in-law um preached this sermon about the woman at the well she talked about her brokenness and how Jesus being the living water he seen through to her outside right to her inside to her heart and basically him saying that he's the living water he's saying that he's gonna he can make you whole you know <laughs> you know he can change our lives and that's exactly what he does he meets us where we are and I think that's kind of my point with him going to Samaria is that he met her where he where she was even though she was in a place that he was not supposed to be um so Jesus can meet you wherever you are it's really my point <laughs> quite literally like he he can meet any and all of us wherever we are no matter what we're doing no matter how far you feel like you've gotten off track Jesus will still come to try to meet you to try to minister to you to try to bring you back to Christ um, so know that never feel like you're too far gone. Never feel like you're not worthy or that God isn't looking for you because he is, he's looking for each and every one of us. There is something in each and every one of us that he wants to use. So yeah, he's looking for you. <laughs> you know, he, he is looking for you. He is seeking you. He wants that relationship with you and he wants that same thing in return he wants for us to be seeking and chasing after him to be having a desire for him and for a relationship with him um I can I can tell you y'all in, in my college days I was all about the nightlife okay all about <laughs> all about the drinking the clubbing the the tight short dresses it was me and I mean I could do one of those little reels that's <laughs> real popular right now about, you know, how Jesus saves, you know, seriously, uh, in a heartbeat. Because quite literally, he did. He saved my life from all, from all of that, took me from all of that and showed me that he was in me, that I am in him and that no matter what I have been through, he can still use me. And I always want to make sure that 
I say that same thing to you because I feel like you need to hear it. You need to, you don't need to just hear it once. You need to hear it from me, from other people, from pastor, like from wherever and everywhere that he is in each and every one of us. That's that's what the gift of the Holy Spirit is. That God is in us, um, leading, trying to lead us and correct us when we get off track. Um, trying to lead us and correct us when we don't even know who he is. Quite literally, I can think about so many times where I was drawn to read you know, a devotional from Joel Osteen, or I was drawn to listen to a gospel song, or I was drawn to go to church randomly, but I didn't have a church home. So I just randomly went to whatever church was near where I was. Um, none of those things made sense then, but they make sense now that, <laughs> that even when I was off track, even when I had no clue who he was, even when I thought that I was unforgivable, unworthy, he was still chasing after me, still pursuing me still trying to meet me where I am where I was back then and I feel like it was about noon when Jesus found a spot to sit close to the well while the disciples ventured off to find provisions so y'all know I don't know nothing about the sixth hour um, it's the afternoon time when the woman at the well is getting water which just from cultural norms of the time women would normally go to the well early in the morning to avoid the heat. So it's clear that by going at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, she clearly doesn't want to be seen with the other women at the normal time in which people get water from the well. And this reminded me of, <laughs> though often people will disqualify you, they'll try to disqualify you. But at the end of the day, Jesus says that you are his. It doesn't matter what other people think. It may not feel good, you know, to hear people say negative things about you, to hear that people think you are less than or et cetera, et cetera. But just know that in whatever the world might think of you and whatever people may say about you, Jesus says you are his. And isn't that in itself so powerful? That's just, I don't know, I had to just say that. That's something that I just am constantly reminding me of, reminding myself of. If, like, no matter what people think about me, no matter what negative thoughts may come to my head, Jesus says I'm his. And shouldn't that be enough? That should be enough for me to stop the self-doubt, for me to stop having the fears, for me to stop what I'm doing. Um, praise him <laughs> and, and do and follow the purpose and the vision that he's given me for my life. And to do it with so much excellence and so much, so much grace and so much gratitude for the way that he has shown up for me. So let's close out today with a prayer, y'all. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to stand in agreement with my sisters today that they would know the wholeness and the fullness that they have in you in Christ Jesus, Father God. I pray that you would be with them, be in them, fill them with your beautiful Holy Spirit and help them to know that they are not just building their homes here, but they are building their homes in the Heavenly Father God. Help them to seek the eternal life and not the life on this earth, for this life shall perish, Father God. Help them to be focused and have a desire that is on you. Help their minds to be renewed. Help their spirits to be renewed. Help them to be the kingdom woman you created them to be, Father God. Help them to not fall into the temptations to believe what the world says about them, but to believe the, your word, for your word is truth. And you said that they are heirs, that they are co-heirs with Christ, that they are your children, that they are bold, that they are forgiven, that they are victorious, that they are redeemed, Father God. 
And I pray that they would know that they are strong and they are courageous. And they are all these things not because of their own strength, not because of their own works, but simply because of the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross, Father God. And we thank you for your blood, Father God. We thank you for your sacrifice, for your only, your sacrifice of your only son, Father God, and for bringing us back home to you. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. But thank you so much for watching this video. Make sure you hit the like button. Subscribe if you have not already. If you haven't, what are you waiting for, girl? Share this word of encouragement with one of your beautiful crow friends and let them know, um, you know, to, to leave a little comment and, and share that you sent them over here because we appreciate it. Um, and until next time, y'all, for real, for real, be blessed, stay safe. Bye.